listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. All right, believe it or not, welcome back. We're still here to the AntsMarching.org podcast. I've got uh, Jake and Joe with me. I'm Matt. Fellas, how are you tonight? I'm doing no, good. It's been, it's been doing, it's been since 2012 since I've gotten a chance to talk to you guys. Officially on a podcast, that is. It's, it's crazy to think about. Jake, how's it going down in your end of the swamp? Uh, it's it's very good. Of course, very hot, as, as you guys are probably experiencing the same 90-degree weather that we get every day where you guys are. So, you know, it's still a little warm, but that's okay. Just another six months of it, and then we'll be back to normal. Enjoy your hurricane season. <laughs> so we're going to try something different this year. Uh, we're going to try keyword, key term in that in that sentence there. We're going to try to bring you regular podcasts, and we're talking, okay, it's tour season. We're going to go for somewhat of a midweek, weekly, or at very worst, bi-weekly uh, podcast episodes. Maybe 20, 30 minutes, maybe not even that long, but just something to you know, kind of catch you up if you haven't been following the set list, or even if you have, uh, offer some commentary, and, and hope to even have some uh, Ants members who have been at the show's in that time frame, uh, maybe guest on the uh, on the podcast, or at least send in some thoughts, and we can we can relay them to you, see how the shows have been going. So um, we haven't had a whole ton of news, but just recently um, some major news has come out, and it relates to one of all of our favorite topics that we've talked about, Jake and Joe, um, vinyl releases. Uh, so what do we, Joe? What have we seen come out here just recently? Well, we've seen just recently the announcement of Remember Two Things on vinyl, which is quite surprising. I think at least caught my, myself off guard uh, that they were going to release it. I know we were talking about vinyl releases for albums on a podcast back in 2008. Six years. Six years ago we were talking about this because we had, had had some discussions with Mr. Matthews himself, and he... Um, he said he saw them releasing them, and we got very excited about it, and nothing came from it. Um, though we did get, you know, obviously studio album vinyls, but um, boom, all of a sudden, a um, little email comes across, and we're getting the remastering of Remember Two Things. Yeah, so you Which gotta, is quite... Go ahead, Jake. And, and I was just going to mention, it's quite exciting because it's uh, paired with Live Tracks 30, which also gives you additional tracks that were from the source shows where that was recorded. And that was back in 1993 uh, at a bar called The Muse in uh, Massachusetts. So I, I, you know, I kind of like that aspect of it, too. So you get the vinyl LP version of Remember Two Things, which is going to sound pretty much incredible on your vinyl system if you have one. And then you, additionally, you can go ahead and get the uh, Live Tracks 30 with all the extra bonus tracks on there. I think Spotlight is on there, and True Reflections, and I'm pretty sure Blue Water and uh, and Minarets are on there as well. So that's that's pretty exciting. It's been really interesting. I thought how they've released how they've really staggered their vinyl releases. I I guess if there's ever been a way to slow roll a uh, an album release schedule, or in terms of dipping your toe into the water and experimenting. Uh, they've done everything but rush headfirst into into releasing their albums on vinyl. But that being said, I mean, live tracks are great, but initially we had this conversation about vinyl because of Before These Crowded Streets, <clears throat> that incredibly rare and um, limited release of that. I think there were a thousand, a thousand uh, reels pressed. Um, and so the live tracks being as good as they are, I think what we were all were really hoping for was, well, let's get the albums released. 
And I think with uh, Remember Two Things, I think we might finally be on that track. Let me pose this question to you. Do you wish that the vinyl releases be limited edition and as a result would have some more collector value to them? Or do you wish that they were uh, unlimited edition and freely available to everybody? Jake, I'll let you go first. I have my thoughts on that. Well, my thought is that I don't think that it's possible for the number that they're going to produce. And I have no idea how many they're going to produce. But, I mean, even if they produce, you know, 5,000 of them, they're going to sell out. I, I think that they're essentially going to sell out whatever they produce. If they sell, they produce 10,000, I think they'll sell out. I, I don't think you're going to see Remember Two Thing vinyls laying around in a couple of years. I mean, this is not going to be like Kiss's four solo albums from the 70s where no one's going to buy them. I mean, people are already lined up. And the reaction we've seen on the boards is just saying that people that have never even bought a live tracks are jumping in and saying, you know what, I'm going to buy the live tracks. I'm going to get the vinyl too. I don't even have a record player. I'm going to buy it. I, I just think it's going to go. And, but you mean it'll go over time. It's not going to sell out as part of the pre-sale or initial release of it, but you're just saying um, they're going to make a giant print of it and it's going to encompass enough for the first wave, but then over time it's slowly going to deplete and be out. Is that what you're saying? I, no, I, th- I think it's going to sell out. I, I really I really think it's going to sell out. If, if you look back just in the last, I think it was last year or something like that, some people on the um, on the boards mentioned how live tracks 23 and 24 suddenly right before the release became unavailable. That, I mean, I'm just guessing that that tells me that they sold out of their initial run of that. So if those shows were that popular, could you imagine what this is going to be in popularity? I just, I don't see how it's not going to sell out. I just, uh, I'm coming I, to this campfire with a bucket of cold water. I'm sorry. But to Joe's point, make a huge batch i i still think what we're talking about here as much as we all like it jake do you own a record player i do own a record player i would say you're in a vast minority joe do you own a record player i do not own a record player and i would say you're in the vast majority and that's okay but i think the number let's joe let's say joe says they, they make a huge run of these things. That huge run might be 10,000 copies. And when you think about a record release, that is absolutely indie as it gets. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be a massive hit. Now, that's all the scale, right? Let's say they sell 1,000. They might be gone tomorrow. They say 10,000. They might be gone next week. They might make 100,000. Will they ever print a million? I, I can't see it. Uh, just when you know you, you get the buzz, it's one of those things where uh, the vinyl community, which I consider myself part of, I have a record player right next to me here. I have all the, the DMB releases on vinyl, um, but I still consider myself in a real small minority, and it's a, a very enthusiast community. Um, and you just, it's a, it's a noisy community, right? Everyone likes to chat about it, kind of, you know, fire up the support for it. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see X number made where X might be whoever, you know, whatever they anticipate their market is. They're certainly not going to want to overprint these things. They don't want a bunch of them sitting around. Um, I, I think it's going to do well, but I think it's it's not. This is a thank you uh, to your fans. I, I don't really see any new fan going out there and buying vinyl, and very few. Um, I think this is simply a, a, a hat tip to the people who have been talking about it for a while, um, kind of 
uh, a thank you to the people who still like physical media when it comes to their music, and CD just doesn't do it anymore. Um, I, I like it, but I just I think expectations should be tempered a little bit, and that's my long-winded uh, thought. So it that. sounds like you both are saying that they will be limited release. They will not infinitely be available um, down the road, that you should grab your copy now. I would say, yeah, to answer your question, I would say that's probably like that. I. I doubt they'll do more than one run. Maybe a couple. Maybe let's say they they guess way off and ten thousand go like that. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see another run come that way. But I mean, if if they put out a ten thousand and that is a total arbitrary number, I have no idea what the market looks like. And they sell a thousand, and it just keeps trickling. That'll probably probably be it. So if you want it, don't wait. That's my preferred thing. I don't want it where um, if you want a copy, you can't get a copy. I think everybody that wants to get a copy should be able to get a copy at least here in the in the foreseeable future. Not for maybe not forever, but um, I don't want to create the record day, fin- you know, mess that there is of oh each store gets two and who even knows who gets those because it seems like they all pop up on eBay the day that they're available for seven times the price. There should be enough for anybody that wants to get one that should get one. We don't have to create some false demand for for it. Right, and that, that's kind of my thing for it. I have no idea. I, I mean, I have mean, no idea. I don't know how many they produce for any of the record store things or anything like that, but I know all those sell out, but I'm sure that number is a lot smaller than what they're going to produce now. I'm just guessing. Whatever the number is, I mean, I would just be shocked if at the end of the year you could still go to the official store and order a vinyl copy of this album on the first run of it. I just I just don't see that possible. So let's see if we can put this on our calendars. It's May 12th, 2014. By the time we get our next podcast, it could be May 12th, 2015. Who knows? <laughs> and and, and uh, we'll see if Jake's um, prediction comes true there. Let's, let's see if we can bookmark that and remember that. <laughs> you guys expect it to sound any different? Um, I mean, they said it's going to be remastered, right? So it's it's not like it's going to be remixed, um, but just remastered, which I don't know that there'd be a lot of sound difference from just a mastering, but I don't know if you guys have any input. Jake? Oh, it's going to sound different, n- no doubt. A- absolutely. It's, it's going to sound better than the CD version. I, I mean, I have zero doubt about that. So there's a there's an Ants user, and I'm not sure if he still frequents the boards because I, I don't spend a lot of time on the on the boards too much anymore. Jake, maybe you've noticed. Do you know, um, I believe his name is Steve. His uh, username's Dolby Blue. Do you see him around? Yes, he's a legend. Okay, right. Well, anyway, he's a super audiophile, videophile. He loves Blu-rays, and I just remember conversing with him about those things. Maybe we can get him in here one of these times and talk about the mastering process because I know a lot of people talk about the 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 what do they call it? Like the volume maximization or the levels where on older recordings before modern day pop top 40 there were subtleties in the levels and now everything's kind of turned up to 11 so you lose out on that subtlety and I don't know if they had done that with remember two things on the CD release or not or if the uh, vinyl release is going to be any different, and that's that's to its mastering. So I'd be curious to learn about that. That would be the uh, infamous loudness wars, as mm. they're known. Exactly. Where they essentially take the master copy and they make it sound a lot louder, but what it does is it drowns out a lot of the other, other instruments that are being played. There's a couple of files, uh, if you're kind of bored one day and you want to go on YouTube, just search loudness wars, and there's a couple of them that give you a really good example of what happens when you just basically take the volume 
and raise it up. It just sort of loses all the dynamic qualities behind everything. I know uh, Jack White, uh, formerly of the White Stripes, is a big fan of vinyl. And you, since you're listening to this podcast and you're a music fan, you probably know about this. But he just put out a new record that has like a, two secret tracks underneath the label and a... Um, uh, a closed loop track on the edge of the record. It plays from the inside out. A lot of cool stuff. Um, but he also said there's absolutely no, um, none of that loudness war stuff. It, it was not post processed in that means in any way. Um, so he's very conscious of it, being a being a vinyl enthusiast himself. Yeah, and, and it. I mean, it really does make a difference when you if you listen to a before and after of it. I mean, you can hear a vast difference between the sounds. It, it's no you know, pseudoscience thing. It's real. Well, you're, you're buying a vinyl for, you want to get as close to the, uh, t- close to authentic as possible with the vinyl. So you, it would, that's the median that people who are going to notice that will flock to the most. So they, do they still have, um, these, I guess, what do they call them? You know, the, um, the what do they call them? Like, yeah, the, 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 the multi-tracked sources of these that they're going to, they're going to source this uh, vinyl from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, uh, if you read the email that they sent, Joe, which you obviously <laughs> did, you would see look, that... Jake, Jake, I only look at the pictures. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It, it's actually um, one of the uh, early shows where DMB in 1993 was using a, a multi-source recorder. Um, there's only a handful of them. Live Tracks 20, which was from the Wetlands, was the earliest that they knew of at the time, Um of that of a multi-source recording from the band they released that show that was the freebie a couple years ago with the warehouse um package and this these shows were also done in that same way so that's why it's a multi-source mixed down and multi-source means that every instrument plus dave's voice gets their own microphone so you can essentially balance everybody to make the sound 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 (laughs) as I mean, what's the best word to say? Maybe uh, as good as possible, just to make it yeah, they're, simple. They're, iso- they're isolated recordings that you can then mix individually mix mix. In at your own thing. But the, you're talking about the live show. What uh, what about the studio recordings? Same thing with the studio. But so they, they still, have the yeah. They, obviously, they I'm sure they have the master tracks for the you know the master source material, uh, and then the only the only vinyl press master that they would have would be from before these crowded streets because that's the only vinyl they ever created originally. Correct. So, I mean, everyone's assuming that this is just the beginning of a re-release of all the studio albums. And, and, and obviously, if Remember Two Things does well, like I think we're all kind of predicting it will, that will essentially go ahead and, and force the releases of the next one. Yeah, I really hope they don't have high hopes for this, though. I think if they really expect any album to do well on vinyl... They should probably withhold judgment until Under the Table and Dreaming is released in that format. Remember two things is, you know, we know it, but there are plenty of Dave Matthews Band fans who aren't familiar with it, but they are familiar with Under the Table. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. It's, you know, that's the big one. But, you know, like like we said, we have no idea what they're going to, what the number is. You know, the number could be 10,000, number could be 1,000, could be three. You know, I, I just, you know, we have no idea what it, what it is, but I would assume that whatever it is, it's going to hit. I'm already foreseeing the next epic debate when they re-release before these crowded streets on vinyl, <laughs> and there's the end. The debate on which one sounds better, the original <laughs> or the re-release. Oh, I'm afraid to wear out my original, so I probably couldn't. I couldn't have input on that. 
You're, yeah, you just you just sleep with it. Hey, I keep the cover on, okay? <laughs> well, speaking of remember two things, uh, a little bit of additional information about those shows. Like Jake said, they were sourced from you said two shows, Jake, from back in '93. Actually, three shows in '93. Uh, the band went to uh, Massachusetts to perform, and, and the story associated with it, which we actually have listed in um, in the uh, tour uh, tour central is that uh, the band traveled sort of away from Virginia to get quieter crowds so they would have a little better chance of getting a good sound. I mean, that's the story associated with it. I don't know if it's necessarily true or not. But um, they went there to these three um, these three venues, or the, the one venue and played three shows. And until today, literally the 12th of May, we only knew the set list for one of the shows. We never actually knew which songs on Remember Two Things came from which shows. However, today, with uh, the association, an association with the Almanac, our good friends over there at dmbalmanac.com, uh, we had a chance to talk with management and we were able to secure the actual set list for all three days. So if you go over to Tour Central, you can go ahead and click on those shows, which is August 16th, 17th, and 18th, 1993, and you can actually see what was performed on those shows and, and and one other thing that's worth noting is that live tracks 30 actually isn't all of the shows because as they wrote up in there uh they actually didn't record everything from the shows like i don't know what it was they must have had some sort of issue or something so that's why live tracks 30 is sort of a mix between all of the tracks and such so jake as the as our uh in-house set list archivist for antsmarching.org among you know, other things. Yeah, of course. There are, the band's played thousands of shows. Um, but here we are in the information age where everything is out. There are no secrets anymore. When something leaks, everybody knows about it the next minute. Um, what does right. it, what's it do for you when you see previously unknown setlist content from back, you know, 21 years ago come out? What, is, what does that mean? Is that, it's still a special day for you? Oh yeah, it's 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 quite fascinating. In fact, uh, two previously unknown shows, one of which actually was sort of known with some filler songs, popped out um, at the end of April, early May from 1993. One was from uh, Ziggy's on January 29th. The other was sometime in May of '93, and that was a partial set list. I, I don't remember which one that was. I don't have it in front of me right now. But yeah, it's still very exciting because I think it's it's fascinating to see what the band played at that time and, and getting back to the ones at the muse what's sort of interesting is that they really went through essentially all their songs for the most part that they knew that they were going to try on the album there's i think they played watchtower once that's the only cover they did which even for that time was a little uncommon they didn't play 34 34 was essentially retired by then they didn't try 36 which was still fairly new only a couple weeks old really uh, actually, a couple months old, rather. But um, other than that, they kind of knew what they were getting into. So I, that's why it's kind of interesting to look at the set list, too, to see they played a couple songs twice. They played One Sweet World twice because they that was something they obviously thought they really wanted to get on there. And you have to assume that if they played it twice, they must have thought, well, maybe we need one more take about it. So I, that's what's kind of cool to me to watch, to look back at the set list to see what it was. And then when you find a show... Like, for example, the, the January 29th, 93 show that just popped up, that was still when Peter was in the band. So 
you get a different sound for all the songs. So now you have keyboards on everything. You have the, the different jam on Warehouse, and Peter sang backup vocals on most of the songs, and it's it's just different. Oh, it's a totally just, different it, band it, at that point, sure. It, it really is, and really, even from January '93 to the other show that was found, May of '93, it's it's literally a different sound in four months. That's awesome. But, but this is this is when you get to hear the band on when they started to spread like wildfire, right? This is what this is the sound that really got people trading tapes and spreading the word about DMB. It, it is, and and you know it's funny you say that because I, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they were kind of asking me about the first show I went to, and and looking back on it now, I know that I saw them sometime in, in 1993, in like February or March or something like that, in in Tuscaloosa, and. I always say that the reason that they made it, the reason that they worked was because of their sound. Because when you go see a band in a bar, you know, you're not listening really for the lyrics. You might catch a couple things, but, you know, when you're nine, Bud dries in, which is what we used to drink back in the day. Um, you know, I don't even know if they make that anymore, oh. but anyway, exactly. Try Bud dry. But the, uh, but, you know, you can't, you don't, pick out the lyrics but you pick out that sound and that's what that's why dmb made it is because of that sound that mixing that of together of everything just works so well and then as the tapes went around then you're like hey you know what the guy can write a song too and the lyrics are pretty good and it just sort of spread from there joe i, I want to i want to have an experiment one of these days i want to take song clips and, and it can be we don't need to even go short right we can play a whole song I want to play a song from a show from a year, and then another one, ten of them, like the blind taste test, and see if Jake can detect what year it's from. And then if he wants to get cocky, he can even say what month, maybe even what show if he's heard. You know what I mean? I'd love to see that results of that. Jake, the sommelier of, of DMB songs. Well, not to um, to uh, scare you a little bit, but I was listening to the one twenty nine ninety three show. Uh, just a couple days ago from when this podcast was recorded. And as I'm listening to Jimmy thing, I immediately knew that I had heard it before to the point where I said, wow, and Warehouse is next. Because I know that these two songs go together. And when I listen to them, I just dump them into Google Music, listen to it in my car driving around. I don't have the set list in front of me. I never even look at the set list. So the show is essentially you know, kind of blind to me as I'm listening to it. And, and that was the next song. And I was like, yeah, okay. These songs I've heard before they were, they were on filler on a tape that I have from back, you know, 15 years ago or something like that. Our inversion of stump the buoy or win Fred's money for you. Howard Stern fans out there. Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's wrap up that section of the podcast. That was the, uh, the vinyl and the remember two things discussion. We're going to take a short break and we'll come right back at you in here in a minute. And we'll talk about the, uh, the upcoming DMB two sets, uh, summer 2014 tour. Be right back.
right, and welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Again, I'm Matt. I'm here with Jake and Joe. Uh, we just wrapped up an awesome conversation about my favorite topic, which is vinyl releases, um, things like that. And now uh, we we got to talk about the big elephant in the room. I mean, DMB Two Sets 2014 coming up. We got a brand new summer tour going on, kicking off on the 16th. And Jake, you probably are the one with the ear closest to the ground on what's going on with that word. So why don't you uh, share some thoughts on that? Yeah, does two sets mean three sets? Oh, what do you mean, Joe? I don't know. Does does two sets mean three sets? That's Will there be I an encore? Is that what you're saying? I'm asking Jake. You're asking me? No, I, I'm pretty sure two means two. I don't know. I, I did not go to... <laughs> I'm not sure what the math is in 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 the great Buckeye State, but no, we didn't Two all general- go to the Ohio State University where their special mathematics department. It, it, it all comes down to semantics. What defines a break in set, end of one set, and a start of another set? Well, that's the thing is nobody really knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's people are are making are speculating that it's going to be an acoustic set. First set, Dave's going to say, we'll take a short break, everybody sit tight, and then take a break and then start up with an electric set. But really, nobody has any idea what it's going to be. I, I Personally, I, I'm not sure if I even buy that theory. I don't know how that well that's going to work. Nobody knows that, what time it's actually going to start, you know, because well, there's no that, if that's the If that's the case, um, Stefan has been leading fans on because he's been asking fans for song recommend uh, song recommendations for acoustic versions and um, and and saying the band is having a meeting to discuss um, you know the two sets and acoustic stuff. So he would be leading people on if that's the case. No, no, no. I'm not, no, they're definitely going to play acoustic stuff. There's no doubt about it. But how are they going to play acoustic stuff? Are they going to come out, sit down in a big circle and play nine songs and take a break? Are they going to start electric? then take a break and do acoustic? Are they going to mix it up and do both? And that's the thing that nobody knows. Nobody knows what time the show's going to start. All the tickets say, what, 7.45 or something like that, or 7.30. I'm not sure what time can, they say. But Can I be a stupid know, fan here? I'm going, to be a sure. stu- I'm going to be a stupid fan who just has read nothing more than the announcement, and that's it. Uh, this isn't going to be a Dave and Tim for an hour and 15 minutes, a 15-minute break, and then... Uh, maybe two hours of the band or an hour, you know, that's not going to be that. Not according to what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying full band acoustic. I don't know what the hell that means. That's what nobody knows what that means. All that means is that Tim no longer plays electric guitar. That's what that means to me. Well, I mean, you're going to have Stefan on an acoustic bass, I would assume. Um, I mean, Boyd played an acoustic violin two years ago, so that's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, you're going to see, uh, you know, a lot more bells and whistles from Carter, I would assume. Maybe some muted trumpets, uh, you know, maybe a lot more flute, maybe even for Jeff. I mean, you know, maybe, there's ways to maybe do Maybe Dave, Dave will sing acoustically. <laughs> that would be nice. He'll take the auto-tune off is what you're saying? <laughs> maybe. maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what – nobody knows. I mean, really, w- until – wherever the heck the first show is in, in Texas someplace, until the very first song is played, no one's going to have a clue what's going on. And I'm going to probably guess that 10 songs in, people are still going to be going, 
what the hell is going on? Hmm. I, I don't think anyone's going to get it. And plus, all the people that are going to that first show, you got to imagine that half the crowd is going to look around and go, why are they all sitting down? What's going on? Oh, without question. You've got, you know, people People just know it's a DMB summer tour, which they've been doing for the last 20 years. So this is going to throw a lot of them for a loop. Yeah, they, might, they might start off with an explanation. Maybe they, maybe Dave comes out and explains, here's how this is going to work. Yeah, because you because you understand exactly what he's saying when he's in that microphone at the beginning of the show, right? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's all every time. <laughs> he he could say anything at that point, and they're like, "Yeah, all right, all right, great." So true. You know, it's, it's it's like the the cover song they did in um in Charleston, and uh, they did um what's that uh, Randy Newman song? Sail Away. They did Sail Away by Randy Newman. A completely obscure song that nobody knows. I mean, literally nobody knows it. But it says Charleston in the song. So when the people of Charleston hear Charleston, like, yeah, all right. The song's about slavery. The song's about taking Africans in Africa and throwing them on a ship and shipping them to America. And they just happen to land in Charleston. Hey, it's in Charleston. All right, yeah. (laughs) Nobody has a clue. It's the same thing when he gets up there and talks. He can say whatever he wants. He can say, hey, everybody, turn to your neighbor and go ahead and, and punch him in the neck. Yeah, all right, all right, great. No clue. <laughs> well said. Thank you. Thank you. Jake, well, does, Jake, anyway. Jake hasn't thought about this before. No, no not at all. It's true. I mean, it doesn't, it, you know, I, there's nothing I would enjoy more than for Dave or anybody to get up and say, hey, you know, we're going to do something different we're gonna you know everyone's gonna sit around you guys could sit down and just take a break and, and everything and you know the second he says that someone's going 41 you know yeah. and, and and again too is one of the hallmarks of a dmb show is the energy and not that acoustic isn't beautiful but there is something to be said whereas it doesn't necessarily fit in i would think and again this is speculation we don't know what it's going to be like I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm telling you, I think it's going to be mostly a Dave and Tim thing. Maybe Carter joins them. I wouldn't be surprised to see only three people out there at once on most songs, if that. And they might swap in and out here and there. But we're going to see a Dave and Tim-esque set, is my guess. And then the band's going to come out and blow it out. That's what I think. Joe, what do you think? I think majority band for the for the first set maybe Dave and Tim, but I'm th- I mean I'm I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards no Dave and Tim. Hmm. But I mean, okay, so so if you if someone put a gun to your head and said, okay, what does that mean, Joe? They're come out. What's their first song? Tell me a song that they're gonna play that's quote unquote acoustic. I mean, you still have to put sound through the speakers you know, a lot of, you can define acoustic in a lot of ways. What's going to be significantly different? Not a lot. I mean, it's, it's just, you're, you're going to only use, you know, straight pickups. You're just not going to do any, you know, um, tweaking of the sound. Yeah, so, how I many, mean, how often do you do that anyway? That's my point. Well, I mean, wait, it's wait. I need to interject. Space. Go ahead, Jake. Matt, what song are you so sick of that you have not actually heard it inside your seat in probably 10 years i only get one answer yeah i'll give you a start to the jimmy jimmy thing 
Thank you. The only other one I could I, say is Loving Wings. I would have I would have been all over that one too. But yeah, Jimmy. Don't don't get me started on Loving Wings. Oh my, detest that song. She <laughs> shudder. Anyway, um, but Jimmy Thing. Have you you've heard Jimmy Thing acoustically? Jimmy Thing acoustically is the best song they do. It is amazing. What's not acoustic? And not having a Tim electric guitar solo. It's a completely different song. It's a completely different outro. It's slowed down. It goes into what will become of me, which is the the PMP intro for those that don't know. Yeah, but it's still and got it's a bass. It's still got drums. It's still got the violin. It's still got the sax. It's still got the guitar. That's what that's what I'm saying. No, well, okay. It's, so the drums could be bongos and congos. Um, oh, that's what okay. they've done, it's what they've done in the past for some acoustic um, sets. And it's acoustic bass. It can even maybe be a stand-up bass. Um, I don't know. Okay, so that would be a rework of the song. Correct, and that's what it was before. If you go back to the the Great Yoshi show that just had its anniversary a couple of days ago from this podcast, the the May tenth, nineteen ninety five show. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Stefan on acoustic bass. That's acoustic violin for for um, Boyd, and and the show sounds you know vastly different. It's one of the most popular shows the band's ever done, and, and a lot of people say it's the best show they've ever done. And just a lot of songs sound differently. So I, I think you can you can work a lot of songs, especially songs that a lot of the quote-unquote hardcores are sick of. And and there's a lot of people that have heard Jimmy Thing a lot of times that wouldn't mind seeing it new. I mean, I think you could, you could redo Two-Step the same way. Two-Step oh, sounds yeah. very... I mean... A lot, a lot of songs like that, and you could also take songs that are maybe not as popular, and sort of get a reworking of them into an acoustic version that might give bring breathe new life into them. You know, the, some of the stand up songs, some of the everyday songs. I think I'm you gonna, could do that. I'm going to make a prediction. My prediction is we will get. Lionheart Graves acoustic in the first set and reprise full band non-acoustic in the second set. Gimmick. I could I could see them doing that. I mean, you know, I, I think that would be cool. That would be that would be I always like the shows that sort of ended like that with the the uh, reprise. The 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 but, bridging of the encore I think is really cool when they do that. Past that, we'll see. Let, let's just put it this way. I'm I think I'm probably tempering my expectations. I think if I expect or hope for too much in terms of uh, what this two set is going to be, or if I'm wildly off, then I'll be like, ah, you know, um, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'm, I'm trying to keep my expectations low or more realistic or, you know, just not any big stretch from the norm. And uh, maybe maybe I'll be surprised. I'm, I'm curious, that's for sure. I mean, here we are debating over it. Right, I mean... I. I think the big thing is, what is the break going to be? That's the that's the big question. That's sort of what Joe was saying before. I think about his definition of what is a second set. I mean, I, you know, obviously at some point Dave's going to say we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Well, how long's the break? Is it ten minutes? Is it thirty minutes? I mean, if you've ever been to a fish show, fish plays two sets, and some of their breaks are kind of lengthy so what's that going to do to the crowd i mean we've all been to dmb shows before and we know that what people like to do at dmb shows so how many people are going to pass out 
not make it yeah. for the second set. I think you're going to see people wound up. I was just thinking the same thing. Do you kill the crowd with that set break? And I think what you get is a little bit of a mini encore break where the people are just pumped to just get back out here. And you're, that might evolve over the course of the tour as well. You might see it start with planning. They might have, want a 25-minute break, and they might say, we can't, we can't hold these guys off. We're going to have to cut it down to a 15- or 10-minute break. And that'll be interesting too. Let, let's I, I, go ahead, Joe. Let, let's do a podcast between the two sets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that when you when when we look back at this tour at the end of the year, I think you're going to see a big difference between show number one and sh- show number whatever the heck show is the last show. I think you're going to see a big difference in the set style and everything. I mean the all the tours change. I mean, you can go back and do that for every year, but I think you're really going to notice it this year, among others. I think they're just doing it to mess with our Tour Central database, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the <laughs> does for the uh, set list game. Everybody's excited for that to see if they get extra points for picking the uh, second set opener correctly. Sadly, no. We'll keep, we'll, we'll keep them in suspense. <laughs> Well, it's it definitely something that we're all excited about, and and we hope to kind of have a like we like we said earlier a guided tour of the uh, of the shows as they happen. Hopefully, every week in the middle of the week, um, if we can get all three of us on uh, to get together for a half hour every Wednesday night or so, it's it's ambitious, but we're going to go for it. Um, and don't forget um, that we are at every show. So follow the uh, Twitter account, so they'll be given uh, great updates from uh, from all the shows, especially the first show too. We'll have people there uh, tweeting just to give you an idea of what's going on, the atmosphere, what everything looks like, and such. So yeah. follow the good old ants marching. Yeah, at ants marching, and that doesn't mean we're at every. I mean, well, Joe is at every show physically, but if barring that, the site itself is at every show at ants marching on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. So and they. Always give good reports and everything going on, so make sure you follow that, especially the first show. I mean, really, that's the one that is going to decide everything. It's going to have a lot of interest. Uh, so also, um, little site news. Uh, we'll, of course, have the downloads area for BitTorrent for all of the 2014 shows. We also have the entire 2013 tour up for download right now. If you want to hop over there and get some of the uh, recordings from last year to warm yourself up, kind of get yourself back in the DMB uh, dancing mood. Um, also, as part of Tour Central, we've kind of done a slow roll introduction of this feature. And Jake, you can talk a little bit more about it, but from what I understand it, it kind of was born out of an Ants Plus community idea with um, per song voting. Jake, uh, give me a little bit more on that. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, uh, one of the guys came up with it, and just basically, it's you have three choices you can assign to a song. It's a plus one, a zero, or a minus one. And really, the way you define that is up to you. It could be plus one could be a positive thing uh, for that song. I really like that song, or it could be I really like that version of it. Zero would be sort of a neutral feeling on it, and a minus one would be I'm not a particular fan of this song and uh, you can assign that on all your shows and it basically gives you a a total score on the whole show as you kind of go through and put in ones plus ones or zeros or minus ones depending on the song 
and uh, a lot of people have already started that. We we put it in a, about a month ago or so, maybe a little bit more. Uh, like you were saying, it's sort of like a, a cold open to it, sort of like a slow rollout, just to kind of feel around and see what it would, would do. But it provides you sort of a great way to look at it, and there's a nice graph that's built in there to give you a, sort of like an ebb and flow to the show to see which songs are popular with the people that were there. And it really kind of gives you an idea of, A, what you think versus everybody else, and B, um, which songs really don't work. Right, and it doesn't and, and necessarily that, need to be how, how you feel about that song. It's also the context. Oh, how does that song in that position after that song and maybe before this song, how does that fit? So you might love the song, but it just might be a terrible place in the show. It might have been a show killer. And and it's just it's all specific to the song on the set that is being played, which is really cool context. And whereas a single person, a single user's um, data on that show or a couple shows by itself, it's cool for that user and see how they stack up against um, the users overall, users who are at the show and users who were not at the show. We break out all three, which is really cool to get to see the, the contrast between the two. But really what's going to be, I think, really cool about this feature that we're all excited about and it's not built in yet is going to be the analysis of this data. So once we get a certain amount of data, as it just keeps going and going, we get more of a accurate picture of the general community we're going to be putting some analytic pages up so for you stat nerds out there um you're going to be able to see what the what the 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 most popular song from all the shows the tour was or maybe what was the um what was the biggest average drop off from song a to song the song right after i mean where do we see the biggest fall off the cliff that'll be like the biggest drop off you'll be able to see the the most hated song of the tour the, the the highest rated show, highest rated song, highest rated three song run maybe, highest rated four song, five song run, or or worst three song run. I mean, we can do all kinds of stuff like that, and it all depends on the data. So, hey, go to Tour Central. Make sure you're signed into Ants. If you've been to shows, if you've not been to shows, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and rate the shows. To the very right of the set list, you see an up arrow, down arrow, and a zero in the middle. Clicking the zero is the same as not clicking anything. It's just a neutral vote. And if you click up and you meant to have nothing there, you can click zero and it's essentially the same thing. But go ahead and rate the songs. And when the arrows change color, whether green for up or red for a down vote, that has your vote's been recorded. So go ahead and vote on shows you've been to, shows you haven't been to, whatever. And uh, real soon here, we're going to have a lot of uh, analytics. And I think it's going to show some really, really cool, interesting data. And it'll allow us to kind of parse out where the hot spots of the tour are. Absolutely. It's fascinating, the uh, information we've put in already uh, really gives you an idea. And, and one of the cool things about it is there's no rule to it. There's no it, it's up to you. Uh, you know, you can go back as far as you want. And if you saw shows in 96, you can go back to 1996. You can rate them as you feel now. You can rate them as you felt then. It's completely up to you. Go ahead, so download no, it and revote that also. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, this is something uh I've talked uh, with a couple of people before I went back and I went to uh, 1996 and I was uh, rating a couple shows I saw that year. And I distinctly remember I voted uh, a minus one, a, a dislike for too much. Well, I actually like too much. I, I like it a lot now in shows. I've liked it for a good 15 years now. But at the time when that song came out, that was my pee break. Really? I didn't really like it when it first came out. So for the first two years, I went back and tried to put myself in that mindset, said, you know, I didn't like it back then. It was a minus one for me back then. But then in like 
99-2000, I was like, hey, you know what? I kind of dig this song now. I'm getting into it. So I liked it then. In 2004, I actually didn't like it when they did that ridiculous slowdown garbage that they actually brought back in Australia this year. Um, that that I hated that. So that was a minus for me. So that's a good example of what one song could be sort of like different rated for me, even though it's essentially the same song. That's a really good point. Um, I think Joe really did a good job with the graphs, that piece of it, and splitting up based on who was there, who wasn't there, and then the overall community average. It's just something that if you're into big data, it's just going to be a really cool way to analyze um, how the how the tour flows out. We're really psyched about it, and you should you should definitely check it out and go ahead and start voting. I mean, it's free. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, and uh, one other thing that we're also doing is uh, we find that our tour uh, database really one of the powerful things about ants is that it integrates with every area of the site. You know, you have your personal stats, you can do the set list game, all kinds of cool stuff with that. Uh, we're also um, tinkering with bringing that part of the site over to the forums. We know a lot of you guys chat on the forums and spend most of your time there. And then, you know, one of the things that people say, how do I share my, my tour stats? Um, and some people will put links in their signature. Well, that's not necessary anymore. We put a link in the post bit, which is basically the left-hand side of every post where your name is, your avatar, your title, things like that. The link to the amount of shows that you saw, and that when you click that link, it will bring up your personal tour uh, stats page, is going to be on every single one of your posts. And we plan on adding a little bit more information in terms of maybe maybe the rarest song you ever saw or uh, what show, what song you've seen the most, things like that. Um, we're gonna, but right now it just shows how many shows you've seen, and if you click that number, it brings you to your tour stats. So we're integrating that into the forums a little bit more, and and we're excited to kind of overlap some features of the site and and take advantage more of the integration. Matt, I have a quick question about that. Yeah. Did you say avatar? Did I say isn't avatar? It avatar? Is, isn't it avatar like the movie? I think it's probably a coin flip answer, depending on who you ask. I mean, it's it's not like Wi-Fi versus Wi-Fi, you know. It, it's it's oh, not really Wi-Fi. No, no, bad analogy. Not even close. Okay, it, it is Avatar, right? It's not Avatar. Uh, maybe Webster's. I don't know. I don't. I'm just making sure. I don't want to think that I've been mispronouncing it all the time, or maybe I'm saying the name of the movie. I'm going to say one out of every two people over there who are listening might be nodding, but the other the other half are nodding with me. So, hmm. I've heard. Thank both. you for wasting. What both. do you think, Joe? Tiebreaker. I've heard both. Thank you. Thank uh, I smell an ants poll appearing in the non-DMB side. <laughs> you mean the uh, 20 appearing. Forum? Yes. It's, yeah, it hasn't been the 20 Forum for a while. It, it, it was it's about an hour ago. You're welcome. Was it? Wow. <laughs> I have to log into the site. Holy cow. Well, who can blame I, you? I, you were watching Jack Bauer rip through it again, so who can blame you for not being on the site? I was, and I haven't even spoiled it for uh, my good friend in uh, the east, in the west coast. I know, which is I very know. nice. It's all downloaded, ready to watch as soon as we hit the stop button here. But, <laughs> but speaking of the stop button, we're going to take one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll take we'll take a couple questions from uh, the Ants Twitter feed, and then we'll get out of here and let you guys get back to whatever you're doing. All right, we'll be right back.
All right, guys, welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. We just got a couple questions here from the Twitter feed from earlier today that we'll go through, and I'll have our uh, thoughts offered up on there, and then we'll let you guys get out of here. It's been a it's been an awesome um, revisit of the podcast trio. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done one of these, and it's fun. And if we can keep them short and sweet and frequent, I don't see why we uh, we can't keep this going. So. Without further ado, we got we got two questions here. The first one from the Antelope on Twitter: uh, Ants marching. Why should fans buy tickets after several years of hit and miss? Can you make us fans again? Well, I would say that's a pretty that's probably a pretty controversial opinion there. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, you know, it's it's no secret that you know 2012 wasn't the most popular tour among the hardcores. And I think that the crowds showed that in 2013. And to be honest, uh, you know, even though 2013 was was a pretty good year, setlist-wise, I I don't think it was the end-all, be-all that everyone expected it to be with setlist back and the bands back and all this other stuff. So after that long intro, I would say, don't you think the idea of just seeing the band playing acoustically has to be exciting? The idea of them revisiting songs has to be exciting. I, I mean, if I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their money. That's for dang sure. But I would at least look at the set list after two or three shows and, and make a decision and say, look, this is something I, I, I can't miss. I don't know when it's ever going to happen again. My take is, if you have to ask the question, you're probably not going to get excited. You know, it, There have been exciting things each of these years. If you weren't excited about that, any of that, and the odds are you're probably not going to get excited this year. But I would tell you, I'm excited. A majority of people are excited about this year uh, and what it's going to bring. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be an interesting thing. It's it's almost like a, a Dave and Friends, right? Again, to Jake's point, or, or when do you when do you think you're going to see this again? It could be never. Um, on top of that, the band is putting out more albums as time goes on. And that means more songs in the catalog and a higher probability that there are going to be songs played that you just don't like. And that's the case with me. It's the case with everybody. So um, I think especially when you come down to the fact that you that a lot of these hardcore fans have seen dozens, if not hundreds, of shows, and that probability jumps even more because now you, you've got songs that you don't want to hear and you're seeing 25 shows a tour. And you're certainly going to see those songs you don't want to hear. So I think there's a, it's just harder for the band to please everybody. It's just you know, it's I would think it's something that any band runs into, but um, this band has still you know gone out and shown that they can do, they can do some awesome things. And the two sets is going to be a really really unique thing. And I think uh, we all don't know what it is, so therefore it could be the coolest thing. You don't know. Agreed. All right, we got one more question here from ephrase44. Ants marching, do you think at a venue like SPAC, the lawn will be attentive and or able to hear the acoustic portion of the set? No. Yes. No, no to what? I think yes, yes. They'll be able to hear it and they'll be attentive. Yeah, I I, I don't know if the per, I don't know if that question meant like acoustic like it's not going to be projected amplified i mean it's acoustic but it's still gonna be amplified over the speakers um you're gonna be able to hear it yeah i've seen james taylor numerous times at spec and he's mostly an acoustic guy and no problem whatsoever in fact 
I, I would think the battle for lawn seats are, are greater at a, at a JT concert than they are for a pavilion. Um, and even though I would, no offense to the people who brave the lawn, I would never want to battle with those masses. They're lunatics. Just the energy at a SPAC show on the lawn is, is unmatched. Um, but uh, there's no shortage of energy out there. You're going you're gonna to have all kinds of fun out there. And no question that it's going to be easily, easily hearable, easily audible out there. I took that question to mean, is the crowd going to be even realizing that there's songs going on? I mean, I, I always think back to a show I saw in 97 in Hartford when they opened with One Sweet World. And, and there was about three and a half minutes of the intro when finally people were going, they're on the stage playing because nobody had a clue. So that's that's kind of my fear is that when they jump into acoustic stuff, people are going to not even realize what they're doing. That's my fear. That's just me. I'm a pessimist. What do you think that's an era thing, though? I mean, you said 97. Do you think there's any chance of people not being snapping to attention in 2007, so to speak? I mean, the, when the band comes out, the whole place goes ballistic. Right. And you, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't be able to miss it. Now, I would say the lawn is going to be equally as chatty as it is during the traditional show, right? The lawn just traditionally is chatty. A lot of people are social. Um, they're not necessarily all completely focused on the show. Same thing's going to happen for the acoustic set. But all in all, the volume of Dave's voice during a full band performance, electric performance, is going to be the same volume, you know, same projection um, on the acoustic set. So um, I don't expect it to be any different. Right. It's, it's not going to be like you're going to have to strain to hear it. I mean, it's still going to be nice and loud. I mean, they, they know how to mix a show. But it's just going to be, it's the crowd is what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the band. I'm not worried about the crew making sure that you can hear them. I'm more worried about all the nut jobs out there sitting on the lawn, chatting it up with their bros. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about the acoustic set. When all is said and done, this podcast is going to be three sets. Did you notice that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Ants three sets. Ants three sets. That's a new hashtag. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make that joke. You know that. Uh, Let's nice. go for four. Let's go for four. Oh, I suppose we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. You can hit us on the web at AntsMarching.org, on Twitter at AntsMarching. Um, follow also during the tour uh, at DMB Live on Twitter. That's our live show tweet. Uh, machine there where it keeps track of uh, what they're playing live as it goes um we'll hopefully be back here within a week or two and um hopefully you'll be listening jake and joe you have any thoughts before we go let's do the fourth set the fourth set the fourth set it's going to be the the uh, you know never-ending encore we're not coming back after this no matter how loud they cheer oh don't give away the ending I just hope everybody has a uh, a good tour and, you know, keep your ears open and kind of uh, be prepared to be surprised, I think, on the tour. That's my prediction. Yeah. Everybody be safe out there. Have a great time. And uh, and keep an eye on our, on our Twitter feed to see if uh, any of us will be popping to any shows. Come by and say hi. And uh, that'll do it. Thanks for joining us on the AntsMarching.org podcast. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, Tour Central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. 
AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.